Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And today, we're going to be discussing Reanimator and the Return of the Living Dead. I'm Mitch. I'm Murr. And I'm Jonathan. And today, we have a special guest, Luis Diaz. That is I. (laughs) Thanks to everybody, for all of you, for joining us remotely, because we're still continuing to be on lockdown for the quarantine. Quarantined and going insane! Yeah, I, I feel like people longer. are starting to get some <laughs> cabin fever and do not want to uh, stay in their house anymore. Uh, I am, uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm growing a beard in protest. At this point, it seems like everyone's picking up, like, fucking Animal Crossing or, like, yep. cro- crocheting or something. Making masks. <laughs> Stardew Valley for me, man. Hell yeah. Very peaceful. I'm playing The Sims 4 still. Nice. Playing a good amount of Dead by Daylight, so that's what's been going on. Getting ready for the Anyways, dead future. The, the Return of the Living Dead. Tell me oh, more God. about it. Right? Movies Murr. <laughs> who, who picked this list? Uh, that'd be, I picked I'm pretty this. sure Murr was this week's pick. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to pick two zombie movies. I didn't realize they were both released in 85 Yo, at the same this time. is the fifth or sixth time we've done this. We've chosen two movies without thinking about it, and they're on the same year. Yeah. So it, happens all it just means we're good at matching shit up. We know what's similar. So, I wanted them to be zombie movies. I wanted them to be in the 80s, obviously. And I just wanted them to be not your typical zombie movie. I wanted them to be a little bit out there. Yeah, so they're definitely not... different. Yeah. Um. So, The Return of the Living Dead, right? Right. That was released in 1985, I believe, in the summer of 85. And it was directed by Dan O'Bannon. And uh, we've talked about Dan O'Bannon a little bit before. Uh just to give you a little refresher, he helped co-write Dark Star with John Carpenter when John Carpenter was a film student. And he also wrote the entire screenplay for Aliens. Yes, that's that the same dude. small-ass movie, you know, that made no money. I mean... <laughs> nice. Right. But uh, this was... The story was really he written wrote by Rudy Reese. Yeah, he wrote and directed the movie. Um the original story was written by Rudy Ricci and John A. Russo. Yes. Uh, they both wrote and co-starred within Night of the Living Dead. Nice. And then uh, Russo would retain the rights for The Living Dead and would make his own series while George Romero would make of the Of the Dead series. So right. Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Way more serious. Uh, yeah, way more serious and way more just a lot more budget. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he talked to the right people. Yeah, George Romero had the hookups. I mean, he made the zo- he made the zombie. Yeah. You know. He popularized um, the idea. So Russo made a novel titled "The Living Dead," which was a continuation from "Night of the Living Dead" from Romero, but it was more about a religious kind of story with several cults around the United States living in a post-zombie apocalyptic world. Um, And he described it as, like, people would have funerals and they would have their services, and as soon as they were done, the caretaker, like, the father of a child would have to spike their head directly to stop uh, resurrection. 
and it so it was a really cold open for a lot of the novels the novel is pretty interesting for sure but um when they wanted to make the movie they didn't want to use the original screenplay so they reached out to dan o'brien or dan o'bannon sorry not brian and he picked up the work but only if he could rework the entire story and make something that no one has ever seen before uh do we know why him and romero kind of like went their separate ways is they have just different visions for it they never really specified they just kind of just split away from their thing they have no beef also everyone thought that there was some everyone thought that there was some beef but up until george romero's death yeah they wanted to make their own shit they said that you know up until romero died that they were still friends and that if he wanted to he could give him a phone call and just chat it up with him at any moment so um but yeah so there this movie has a weird thing where it the it's hard to explain the movie itself a lot of the cast and crew are very proud of the movie because they made something very original Right, And it, also the story of how they made the movie is very interesting because working with Dan O'Bannon and several other people, it was pretty interesting to get, uh, you know, just the right shots and the right story to work for this. Uh, originally, the movie itself wasn't going to be made. Uh, someone in Orion Pictures was holding the flag for them and being like, hey, I really want to make uh, Return of the Living Dead happen. And they were talking to them. And they're like, dude, horror's dead. Like, horror isn't going to go anywhere. And at that time, like, obviously you're fucking wrong, you know? <laughs> you just had The Shining in 1980s win an Oscar. Right. Like, you just, you have the slasher movement slowly coming up. It's a good time this to make zom- it. So here, here was the thing with the guy from Orion who was fighting for the rights. He was basically saying, you don't realize that when you fight for these movies that they're going to be made and released within like a year or a year or two. And so it might not be the hot shit right now, but that doesn't mean it won't be the hot shit next year or the year after. Right. So he had very little support. Um, so that's why they had to reach out to a guy or a guy reached out to them named Tom Fox. And he was a banker originally, and he just wanted to get his start in uh, Hollywood. So he would, always financially support the movie being made and basically they would just come to this guy and be like hey we need four thousand dollars for the shot okay here you go take the check to the bank hey we need ten thousand dollars for fake fucking blood all right cool here you go and um eventually it just worked so the budget for the movie was four million and how much did it gross 14 million so they showed those people in Hollywood, you know, <laughs> they showed them the fuck up. Nearly tripled their money. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was really great. Um, so we have William Stout, uh, an illustrator for a lot of the uh, old school horror comics, uh, tech producer as, as the main tech producer on this. And he would help pave the way to write the storyboard. It was very similar to how they made Alien because they made the storyboards for first, just because uh, just how they did with uh, H.R. Giger. Do you remember that? Yeah, they yeah, basically uh, fleshed out. It's the entire not thing common practice to do storyboards on every single movie that's made, but people who want to make a 
movie that looks a specific way will usually do storyboards so people have a better idea of what they're going for. So for something like this, I could easily see someone making storyboards for Night of the Living Dead because it's stylized all the way through. Yeah. I mean, the movie, the movie Night of the Living Dead feels really comic booky to me too. Oh, totally. Not, well, I mean, I mean, Night of the Living Dead. I mean, I, I've seen the the '68 version of it, but Return of the Living Dead is very comic booky, is what I mean to say. Yeah. Um, it. Uh, I don't know. It was. It was really. It was really different, and like the fact that like that this movie was one of the first movies where zombies ever said the term like eating like i'm gonna eat your brains yeah. or i want to eat brains like zombies never brains. actually did that they never did that before any other one so it like instilled like a brand new like uh what's the word like mythology about the yeah. creature <laughs> oh yeah they both did uh, o'bannon and uh romero created the sort of rules and outlines that most of their films would follow after that the funniest thing about researching these films for the podcast was I was looking at several references for the movie. Yeah. Uh, references to other movies and yeah. references from this movie. And that was the funniest shit ever. <laughs> I was just like, wow, this movie is referenced in a lot of media. And I was like, wait, wait. Oh, it's doing, just Bert? the fact that they they eat brains. Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm getting here. <laughs> Basically, this movie was the fucking success, like the grandfather of brains. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time on screen that you hear that, right? It's the first time you see zombies talk, yeah. like Mitch said, as well as run. Yeah, yeah, this it, was yeah, like run, walking, all that stuff. Yeah, it was I mean, the first up, time that ever was seen. Up until then, they were just shambling corpses. So. Yeah, dude, yeah. these zombies were setting traps. Yeah, that shit was funny <laughs> as fuck. Oh my god, it was so hilarious, man. This Here's, movie, this movie yeah. dealt with humor in like a very different way from a lot of your horror comedies that right. exist. It was kind of, yeah, it was, it was it kind was of outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> O'Bannon wanted the comedy to work with the horror, uh, really well, and I think they they did a great job because the line delivery on some of these things are so, so funny. The first time you watch Return of the Living Dead and you see the zombie go into the ambulance and say, send more paramedics. You're just like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> brains. Oh, look, more brains. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. More brains. Like, just like accents and personality and things like that. I thought, it was, I thought it was really funny how they also like reference night of the living dead super hard in this movie and like yes. they continue that mythology well, they say they're, like, it. they're like what do they do yeah. in the what do they do in the movie <laughs> what do they do in the movies they cut the brain they hit it in the head they, okay and then they they go and they they yeah. saw off his brain or they like hit his head super they, like, hard they spike him it. <laughs> yeah they spike him real hard and they're yeah. like it didn't work you mean the movies lied like, <laughs> I, that's one of the funniest lines in the film where it's like did you mean the movie lied <laughs> and it's just uh... it's just really funny because they were expecting so it's great because it gets rid of all of the tropes that you see in zombie films which is that you have to take the head off you know, you don't have to worry about like other thing. Like it's still moving after that. They cut, they cut into pieces, and every part was still moving. Yeah, exactly. yeah. They also give a reason too for why they eat brains. Supposedly, if they eat brains, it gets rid of their pain of being dead. So apparently, being dead hurts. Yeah, yeah earn brain to them. Hardly <laughs> <Dark> rotting. <laughs> yeah, Don Calfa or Ernie's character, the guy who owns the morgue. Uh, everyone wants to like just kill these zombies, but he wants to sit down and actually talk to it and see what the fuck is going on. Yeah. With them. 
and he straps it to a table and he just talks to it which is super interesting you can see spinal fluid coming out and everything it's just all crazy uh do they use like an animatronic or some shit or do they put someone's head through the table like how do they do that they did a lot of stuff so i'm glad you brought that up because uh tony gardner very young person i'd say he was in his 20s yeah kind of like similar to what fucking uh rob batista was when for the the, uh the thing yeah uh basically he he did a lot of the special effects he did mainly the half cut dog in the beginning of the opening and he did that scene and then he also did the half corpse that comes out and eats scuzz's brain and then they strap him to the table so the funny thing was they were saying that uh when they're using it, the animatronic that was eating Scuzz's brain and hitting the bladder that's produced the fake blood, it got fucking destroyed as soon as Scuzz hit the floor and, uh, and like was dying. Essentially the entire thing broke and the tripod got fucked up, but they got the shot. So, and then eventually when they got to the, uh, table, it was an animatronic and they had to, I mean that spine wiggles. I mean you yeah, see that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty detailed. I. It's not. It doesn't seem clunky or kind of off. It has pretty fluid movement whenever you're seeing them. And then obviously oh, yeah, the rest uh, of the zombies yeah, they... were were just people in, in makeup, and they didn't tell them to like shamble or anything. They were just doing full sprints. Yeah, just fucking go at it, man. <laughs> and they 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 kill people, man. You see them eat like whole faces yep. and heads and. Super fun. A uh, real fun fact, though, the guy who played Scuzz that just got eaten the scene prior did the voice for the woman zombie. Which on one the was? Table. Which one was Scuzz? So uh, Scuzz was the one with the mohawk, the long trench the coat, in the long trench coat. Yeah. Okay. We should probably go over cast real quick. Uh, at the helm for the old, old, the old guy league. Yeah, for real. <laughs> we got Clue Gallagher as Bert, James Karen as Frank. <laughs> And Don Kalpa's Ernie. Fucking Bert and Ernie. Yeah, so it is a Sesame Street reference. <laughs> yeah. <it was> just, <laughs> I wonder if they were doing that because of the people who helped them. Right. Because they were involved with, like, the puppeteering and other shit like that. Exactly. I mean, like, puppeteering is a very respected thing in the Yeah, man, you have industry. a surprising amount of respect for, for people who are doing shit like that amongst uh, like all of your peers in the film industry, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, for, for real. <laughs> and, uh, and, I mean, even so, uh, the guy that plays Tarman, right. uh, the decaying, disgusting, shambling jelly zombies. Like, I, I, like I, lo- I, love, I love that thing. It's awesome. Um, it was portrayed by actor and puppeteer Alan Troutman, who also worked with Jim Henson on Muppet Projects. Yo. Didn't do the Dark Crystal. Didn't do the Dark Crystal. But he did a lot of he did a lot of Muppet stuff. So to, a lot of people like to say that Tarman is the most famous zombie from a movie. He's got to be. And, I mean, like, have you ever thought of a different zombie that was famous? Like really think really think about that no i do the, the, no. the only th- one i think the of keeper of the crypt keeper n- he's not Crip really keeper, a zombie yeah. kind of is i don't know what he is the they never really specify he's just like a dead well actually no is he dead <laughs> i don't know i don't think i think he's just really old he's undead <laughs> the only one i could think of was uh, what was his name was it 
Bono or Bo- Bozo from uh, Day of the Dead, the, the actual like zombie that listens to classical music in Day of the oh, Dead. Oh, dude. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, so so when Tarman enters the scene, like he he is basically covered in drip vinyl and aluminum and jelly, and like they put him in effects for like three to five, four hours, and then uh, the first time that he comes out, that was the first time any of the actors saw him. Oh fuck! Like they, they, they didn't realize what the zombie was gonna look like, so their reactions are pretty fucking yeah real they're like oh fucking shit what the fuck is that actually in a zombie movie for once (laughs) and and then we we have to go over the kids because the kid the teenagers play a big role in this whole punk squad (laughs) of fucking cool kids just a bunch of degenerates (laughs) we got tom matthews as freddie the uh cap wearing new kid at the fucking medical supply center we got Beverly Rudolph te- as Tina, his loving girlfriend who wears super fly white pants. Um, <laughs> John Philbin plays Chuck, the really poser-looking guy in a suit and fucking checkered the guy that's like, what, what, The guy that goes like, I don't think someone understands me. No, no, that's a different dude. <laughs> what? Yeah. Chuck is the guy who's just like, I oh, like sex like... and death. Do you like sex and death? Oh, like, you yeah. know that guy. That fucking guy. Okay, no, He's I like got the you. blonde dude. Yeah. Uh, Jewel Shepard is Casey. She plays the blue hair, or like that poofed up girl in the blue dress. Yeah. Um, we've got Minel, uh, Miguel Nunez Jr. as Spider. He is the um, African American with the giant hair and the fucking best lines in the movie, in all honesty. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. I loved his character. I, I, I liked him a lot because he was just like, nah, you crazy, white girl. I don't want to fucking die, man. Yeah, <laughs> just I'm like, not yeah. doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that was super funny because she was usually talking to uh, Trash, which was portrayed by Linnea Quigley, who got naked pretty much Full for the majority of the movie. Scene. Full frontal. And uh, that move... That move for the company was like super hard for them to deal with yo it's fucking porn <laughs> they, like how are they supposed to clear that with the rating system oh it was glorious it was oh, so t- amazing that whole yeah. scene's amazing <laughs> just like in the graveyard just hopping all over the plate and i'm just like and there's that one like it's really cheesy like 80s rock or something along those lines that's playing and i don't know i love it it was great <laughs> So that entire tombstone dancing scene, uh, which was also improvised, by the way, they, I mean, she, how do you even, so she just started dancing? Like, how do they improvise that? Well, they were like, you should get up there and dance. And then she was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I did it. Uh, Basically, it broke a ton of rules. They, They shot it full nude at first, like full on nude, nothing crazy. But then uh, the corporate came in. They're like, dude, she's literally fucking naked. I could see full bush here. No. So they're like, all right, take her to makeup and shave her. So then they shaved her. And the corporate came out again. They're like, this is fucking worse. What the fuck? Wait, what the how, What would the how? Okay, wait, no. I have to talk about that. How the fuck do they think just shaving off pubic hair was going to change anything about that scene? I don't know. They just thought that it would fucking, they just thought it would work and then fly. Oh, okay, so... The pubic hair was obviously the problem, so let's just shave it off. That's fucking stupid, <laughs> but okay. 
Um, so eventually they had to make a prosthetic plug for her. What? She had to get a mold of her vagina and they plugged her up and then oh, basically, it... <laughs> I mean, to this day, you can't see anything. Yo, this poor girl, she had to fucking like put something up in there so they can't see like detail. She said it was cool. She said it was fine. She was like, yeah, whatever has to make the shot happen. That's wild. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> so basically at the meeting table, like after they debuted the film to the, you know, the corporate, they're just like one guy stood up, folded, like he like took out his papers and was like, we believe that your film is one step above pornography. I mean, and then just sat right back down. That's he's right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was amazing, so, though. Yeah, I mean, it's really fun. The little road flares, how they're just dancing around with them. I don't know. I just, just thought it was a cool scene in general. It was really ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Pretty yeah, cool. I mean, it works. It works for uh, Trash's character because she's obsessed yeah. with death. And okay, just being all so I'm glad scene. you brought that up because I was I was wondering about her character. I didn't fully understand what they were trying to do with her character because she mentions like, "Hey, have you ever thought about like." Dying, dying like what do you think about death <laughs> and then like explains this scene of where she would like get eaten and it's almost a sexual moment but then she actually gets eaten and it's terrifying and you're like what why did they go this direction with this or at least oh, i was she wondering. comes back though then she's reanimated again yeah but like yeah. they don't show her again I no mean... they do they do she comes back from uh from being dead as like a super sexy well fucking... that's what i'm saying they show this like the, zom the, the zombified version of her, and then what happens after that? Like, were they just... Was that it? You know, this movie leaves a lot <laughs> to the imagination in some areas, for sure. But yeah, I mean, like, she is just, like... She has that epic intro where she just walks up and just fucking chomps on the homeless dude. Uh... You know, he she's, like, just, like, coming in. And he's like, oh, it's a chick. And it's like, oh, it's a naked chick. Whoa. And then she just fucking goes for the chomp. Oh. It's so fucking crazy. I um, thought you were talking about when she first appears and then, like, rips open her shirt. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? I don't know. For, for me, I felt like she was just a, a Scorpio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I always I, – I always make Mitch mad when I say that shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> this this was this I I didn't know how to feel about the movie because for me, just watching a bunch of films, taking a bunch of classes, like it was sexist and like kind of problematic. But I mean, if the if the actor was cool with it and she says so, then maybe it wasn't so bad for her. But it was still like the movie could have had that entire part cut out, and I would have still loved the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's just, that's one of those scenes that sticks with you from Return of the Well, Living plus it's Dead, the 80s. Like, they wanted to show people naked all the time. Yeah, I mean, you don't have blood blood and boobs in your movie. You're not making money, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's how it was in the 80s. I was like, yeah, maybe from, like, the early 80s. <laughs> but um, continuing with the cast, we got two more. We got Brian Peck as Scuzz, who would later create the documentary The Return to the Living Dead. Nice. In which he talks about all this fucking crazy shit that goes down. And then Suicide, Mark Venturini, who is the fucking buff-ass dude with the giant chains and fucking piercings all over him. Yo, dude was ripped. That guy was hilarious because the the girl, what was it? Uh, who was the girl? 
trash trash she was like on him like hey like you're awesome like you're sexy and he's like no you guys don't understand like this isn't a costume like this punk lifestyle is like real and then she's like have some fucking <laughs> respect and like throws her off <laughs> <laughs> it's so have fucking, fucking funny. Respect for the dead. That was great. <laughs> I was like, "What?" There was this guy trying to tell you about his serious punk lifestyle, who was like, "Have some fucking respect for the dead." <laughs> that shit was great. Totally unexpected. Was not expecting to be like, "What the hell?" Like, get off me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was I, funny. I, don't know. I enjoyed like, it. Like the, the this group of kids is really different and they they portray so differently from the adults i mean you, right i mean my favorite character in the movie is ernie who don kalfa who actually is named after after a german war criminal um which i found out <laughs> yikes uh i mean he even has the walter the golden walter p38 in the movie yeah for and real. when it's raining super hard he's like it's raining like a he something says something. it in german <laughs> yeah yeah, so although Don Kalfa is Jewish, I mean, he was cool with, you know, portraying a, a super German dude. It's, uh, Don, he, Don Kalfa Don, played Ernie. Yeah, er, Ernie's the, uh, the the guy that cleans the bodies and whatnot. Right. Yeah, the guy that works down at the morgue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I like that so, character, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. He's, he's great. He, he has those eyes. You know that yeah. eyes that just hit it. Um, I just, uh, I just, I just found out that he passed away. Actually, oh, oh rest man. in peace. December first, twenty sixteen, about four years ago. Oh, dang! I did not know this. Well, now you do, and I'm here to break your heart. <laughs> so, just got a little bit, a little bit more trivia, and then we can go into like some more general plot points and what you guys thought about it. Uh, basically, it was very hard to work with O'Bannon on this movie. Um, Beverly Rudolph, who played Tina, stated that working with him was super hard and mentally abusive because of the rain scenes. Uh, simply because they were using ice cold water, like ice water, yes. for the rain. So I was wondering about that. So normally in films, you can tell that it's warm water because like it's either steaming or there's like this sort of fogginess coming off of it because they're using hot water. But in this case, there was none of that. So I was like, they must be in really cold water. And she's butt ass naked. So like, what are you, like that must have been really uncomfortable for however many takes they had. Well, she got the worst. Uh, uh, Linnea was Linnea Quigley who was trash. She had it pretty hard, but not as hard as Tina. She admits because Tina had to do the scene where she would fall face first into the puddle. Yeah, uh, that's right. So she, they did the shot over thirty times. Fuck. And uh, you you know how she gets picked up by uh, Spider and that other dude, right? Yeah. She, like she gets, she literally could not get up. She had to be picked up by them. That was an actual physical moment. She could not get up. <laughs> oh my god. Because her her That's body so was just shut down from how cold she was. Yeah, dude. And then, and then she gets fucked up with the stairs as well. Oh, running up and down the stairs. Yeah, because they have the continuity thing from the Night of the Living Dead where the third step on the stairs is broken. Right. So she actually had to break through that, and she was just covered in blue bruises for, like, a good week of shooting. Yeah, I could see that happening. And, of course, something happened with it because they they mention it, like, right at the beginning where it's like, oh, watch the third stair. 
right it right. was so obvious that something was going to happen with that later in the film it is a good good uh scene of foreshadowing yeah um so last bit of trivia i just found out that tom fox the producer was really hyped about all the zombie extras in the movie when he was watching the film being made and he wanted his kids and a wife within the movie as zombie extras and he went to a bed went to O'Bannon and was like look man i want my kids and wife in this movie i'm not gonna take no for an answer if you're gonna say no i'm gonna quit funding and so O'Bannon was just like yeah okay bring your kids and your family Tell them to be here at 5 a.m. They go to 5 a.m. And he goes to the makeup artist and says, I want you to put the itchiest, most fucking annoying makeup on these people's faces. And then proceeds to do a 10-hour makeup session for his family members. And the kids are hating it. The wife is just miserable. And then by the time they're getting ready to do the shot, they cut the day. They're like, all right, cutting's over. We're, we're not going to film no more. If you want, you could come back tomorrow and we'll do the shot again. And needless to say, the family did not return. Well, yeah, when you make it that fucking difficult to film, that's a good way to get someone out of your shit, though, where they're, like, trying to intrude. And that, that was the thing. Dan O'Bannon was very open to ideas from people. Um, like, the entire thing where... Uh, what, what is that character's name? I think... Oh, Frank. Frank. Uh, the scene where he actually like kisses his ring and puts himself in the crematory. Right. Right. That was all his idea. Oh damn. He didn't. He was like, you know, it would be really emotional because he's been Frank's been talking about his wife this entire time. I got to call my wife. Right. Uh, dinner's ready. You know, if he would just kiss his ring and put it on the actual lever of the crematory and just send himself in there. And Dan O'Bannon's like, I'm not sure how I'm gonna get that to connect to all this. And then he's like, check it out. You get a fucking dialogue between me and Freddy and just be like, I could run that fucking thing. And there you have it. Then he could fucking do it. I mean, it was kind of odd to have it, but, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> it, so, didn't, it didn't fit for me. I was watching it. I was like, this is kind of odd, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what did you guys like initially think of the film, though? I, I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed a lot at this movie. Um, There's a lot of funny scenes. There's a lot of cool ideas brought up. And it's a big, like, it's a big mishmash of different, of different concepts and ideas. I like the 80s aesthetic also. Yep. Hell yeah. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting film because it breaks a lot of tropes that you usually see with films as far as like what would you do in a zombie apocalypse and in this case they mixed in older people with younger people too so it's not just like a group of scientists or some soldiers or something like that they were like so badly prepared for it and so it was just funny to see them try to figure it out um but i mean <laughs> it was cringy because like the acting isn't all that great and it's like very melodramatic uh, watching it so it's kind of like definitely intended to be funny at some point it was like a parody they're also making fun of the military in it as well yeah super hard yeah they were like like when he calls in the the missile strike and the the young guy is like super ecstatic to be killing a bunch of people 
That's what I thought too. I was just like, dude, he's like, good morning, sir. Right. I'm ready to do my job. Whatever you need. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Just yeah. Launches a fucking nuke he's that kills so like 5,000 people. Like, <laughs> I can't wait to nuke an area. Like, gee he was golly, stoked go. about nuking that area. <laughs> yeah, that dude was so, so excited. Like, oh my god. Oh god, no, he's so funny. No, I'm, I, I watched. I just watched it today. So no, that is super funny. It was very interesting though because. I like how it starts off super – I think the pacing does this movie well. It doesn't stem too long on scenes that you don't need. Like uh, you get right to the point. Freddy's got a new job. They open up the dead with the canisters of a noxious, agent, or a noxious gas, which also fucking Bert, or Frank says, typical army fuck-up as yeah, – right. The army's gonna fuck up a bunch in this movie. Let's just be real. <laughs> and uh, they get sick, and then they have to uh, destroy the half person, or what is it? They have to cut up the the man that was resurrected in the bag, and they take it over to Ernie, and then he basically ha- they have to explain to him, hey, these are rabid weasels. Which like the boss in this scene, you know, trying to like. Oh, we can't call the cops. You know, I don't want cops snooping around my business. And then fucking, oh, we can't call the army either. The army will just fucking fuck us up. And he was just like, I got my reputation on the line. Right. We got we to gotta get rid of the evidence. Uh, what did you guys think about the ending where it's just like, we're just going to nuke the area. And then it ends up just making it worse. Yeah. Because... Because when they cremate the zombie, the ashes go up into the air and come down yep. as rain. Yeah. That's and then one you of got, the coolest yeah. parts of this of these, of these zombies is like that. A little bit of weird science. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have your, like, the fact that it was released from an old zombie that was kept in a tank, and because it's so old that it, like, melted all over itself and, like, released its fumes into the air is pretty amazing and then how like them like melting the one weird green guy made all of the undead come back or made all the dead come back rather is i don't know i i, I just felt that was really original that's a really yeah. different way of there's a big domino effect yeah and then at the end of the movie i mean there's like oh yeah the rain will just wash everything away we don't have to worry about the fires that know? was great and fucking it like zooms down into the ground to see like oh well they're making more rain it's gonna get worse it's like the end of the crazies like they quarantine a city and then they find out that people got out and they're gonna have to quarantine another city right or a fucking resident evil where that's like the plot of the movie they're going to nuke the area and I, th- I just, I thought like it was pretty fucked up with uh, the military captain as well. Like he yeah, goes he to his fuck. super nice house, and uh, his wife's like, "I made your favorite." Yeah, that guy was such a dick. And he was just like, "I had him for lunch." <laughs> <laughs> his wife's just trying to help him out, you know, make some dinner, and he's just like, "Yep, nope, not eating it." I have to be able to touch this fucking phone 24 hours a day because we need to know where those eggs went. Completely I also... ignores her, too, when the phone rings. And she's like, yo, what's going on? Like, what's up? And just doesn't say anything to her. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. We have to talk about the paramedic and cop scenes, though. Jesus Christ. Basically, for, for throughout this movie, they used a really super punk soundtrack. What'd you guys think about that? It's great. It's probably the it's, it's probably one of the better things of the movie, honestly. Yeah, 
Yeah, the soundtrack is really great. I like I like how cheesy it is in some parts, and then I like how very fitting it is. For right. The tone. It's all. This is a comedy movie, so I'm not expecting. I'm expecting exaggeration. I'm expecting um, nothing to be taken too seriously. Right. I um, feel like it, it does. It does the the mix right with horror and comedy. Personally, I feel mm-hmm. like it mixes them fine. I don't know. It seemed heavier on the comedy side for me. Uh, not quite so serious. It's a fun movie to watch. It's good to watch again with friends. Uh, I don't know if I would be like, yeah, go watch this on your own, sober. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's just really funny right. how the zombies go out of their way to just fucking call, like, yeah, keep 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 calling send cops over and be like, more hey, cops. send more cops, send more paramedics. Like, they're just getting fucked up. And like, I think my favorite part of this movie is when the paramedics come in and Frank and Freddie are dying and you right. can see the blood boiling in their back and they're taking their vitals and they're like, well, you have no dilation. Your skin is white. Uh, your temperature is 70 degrees and you have no muscle response. And they're like, what does that mean? Well, you're dead. <laughs> That's room temperature. You're dead. Yeah. What the fuck? And they're just freaking out. It was fucking crazy to see a transition of a person become a zombie. Right. We should transition over into reanimator because it's a different sort of style. Like it's, it has to do with like bringing dead bodies back to life, but in a, such a different way. And it deals with like the ethics of digging up graves and like, testing on bodies and stuff like that yeah uh plus it's based off an hp lovecraft story it is <laughs> called the herbert west the reanimator um so when was the film made uh the reanimator was released in 1985 and directed by Stuart gordon who had his debut with this movie as well as with Producer Brian Gizna. Uh, it, is, it is based off, like you said, the H.P. Lovecraft story, Herbert West Reanimator, which, fun fact, H.P. Lovecraft did not enjoy writing those. He <laughs> basically wrote this series of stories to get $5 to eat food. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> is during the time where he was just like, I'm just trying to make a living. Yeah. Uh, the movie was produced by Michael Avery, and the music and theme was performed by Richard Band. And that theme and fucking intro is super fucking great. It's just, it's just awesome. Oh, yeah. It's it's easily one of the most recognizable intros if you've seen a bunch of films, especially this one. This one also has, like, Return of the Living Dead. Uh, or not, what is it? <laughs> Fuck. Reanimator? The, oh, no, I had it. The Return of the Living Dead. Like They are both, like, serious cult status films. Like people yeah. love these movies because of the visuals, the aesthetic that they created in them. And Reanimator's the same way. Like there's so much artwork and alternate posters that have been made for this film. You know, you know, Reanimator's filming style reminded me a lot of the fly, the fifties yep. version. 50s yep, yeah. I agree. It it definitely looked that way as well. It was it was made on the cheap too. Like this is mm. under a million dollars, which is in Hollywood movie making terms, that's pretty cheap. Nine hundred thousand yeah. dollars was the budget, right? Which is Ooh. fucking ludicrous to me <laughs> for everything for they had on set. Movie. Yeah, 
And then it grossed in two million at the box office, which is fucking good money. Yeah, for real. Not as much as you might see with some of the other ones, but off of a nine hundred thousand dollar budget, they did pretty well. For their first movie too. Yeah. Also, that's fucking, pretty good. Yeah, first movie. Uh, Stuart Gordon was mostly a stage director. He would do a lot of things for plays. Right. So when he was performing the casting for this, he was finding people in plays. And everyone that was in the movie was, uh, you know, was in drama. <laughs> um, the film stars Jeffrey Combs as the almighty Herbert West. And if you ask me, he steals every fucking scene he's in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, no, he's he's pretty great. I mean, having read the, uh, what do you call it? He's, he's basically Lovecraft's version of Frankenstein. Yes. It's it's just that idea essentially, but I mean, I read I read the Reanimator Herbert West Reanimator in like high school, so like twelve thousand years ago. <laughs> um, but no, but it was actually it's actually one of my favorite stories from him too because it's just like his version of Frankenstein. I thought that was pretty cool. I was fascinated by that, and, and that the fact now that you're telling me this is one of his throwaways. He was just like, I just need to eat, so I guess I'll write this. He's like, ah, fuck it, Frankenstein. I'm just going to do a cover of Frankenstein. So <laughs> oh, fucking pay me for it. And so he did, and it's uh, it's pretty cool, though, but it made this pretty interesting movie. I believe that Jeffrey Combs had the right delivery for Herbert West. Yeah. Dude, yes. How he's super analytical, talks to people like, West. Herbert West. You're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we have Bruce Abbott as Dan Kane, who, in my opinion, is pretty hunky. Um, <laughs> he fits that stereotype really well. Yeah, he does. Barbara Crampton, Megan Halsey, basically the chick in every horror movie. <laughs> she is in so many horror movies. Dude. She, she's been in a lot. Yeah. Her her IMDb is stacked. Yeah, although I do I I do have to wonder how she feels about it because uh she doesn't get a whole lot of talking time in most of them and almost always needs help. Almost always gets killed and or <laughs> gets fucking killed and murdered and you're like oh well okay that's that's the end of that character. You know what? I don't think either one of these films passes the Bechdel test. Now I think about it. And you want to go over that real quick? <laughs> well, it's just a quick note that I made because, like, obviously these movies were not made to have women in the front. They were, like, right. side characters, and they either were used for nudity or just killing them. <laughs> so it was right. it wasn't the best movies in those departments. So um, it's definitely heavily criticized for, those, for, for the way they portray women in, in both of the films. Yeah. Um, this is got... but this is the '80s, and sometimes sometimes when we view any sort of art, it's you can have a feminist criticism on it. But you can also just be like, "Well, I appreciate how all of this gore that's going on in this movie, or I appreciate you know just the mythology that they added." There's a lot of things you can take from like both of these films. Oh yeah, definitely. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the thing is, like when we talk about period pieces, I mean, I. 80s 50s and 20s um they're always going to be within that time and the thing is we we could you know the values and morals of people can change over time i mean we're looking at something that's what over 40 years old yeah now? at this point now 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I'm not going to say, you know, oh, it's, it was different back then. It's different now. I mean, it obviously really fucking should. It's 40 years. I would hope so. Yeah. It's 40, 45 <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> um, so the thing is at this time, I mean, it was females were ready. I mean, during the eighties, it was either a put your top off or B get stabbed in these movies. Yikes. And that's how it is for a lot of the slasher films and just like movies with, with, um, in the eighties for horror. And that's, uh, just sadly what the trope was, uh, whether we like to like admit it or not, it was just, or even a combination of both. You're going to have sex with this guy on screen and then you're going to get murdered 20 minutes later. (laughs) And you're going to get murdered. Yeah. That's like the slasher shit where if you had sex on screen, you're most likely going to die. Friday 13th, fucking Halloween, like all that shit. Yeah. (laughs) You're getting fucking, you're you're getting your dick chopped off too. I think it was, I think it was also (laughs) sort of an homage to that. Um, David Gale as Dr. Carl Hill, uh, who fun fact trivia, his wife, divorced him during production due to the decapitated scene where he rapes the uh, uh, Barbara Crampton. Yeah, so what the fuck? <laughs> that was weird as shit. I, I don't know. I just, I really was like, why? Why? why, why no, it, it's this? so fucking crazy. It's so weird. It like, they, I don't know, you know, I don't know what hard. it is with 80s stuff. Strapping girls to tables and then licking their boobs. That's that's literally like what happens it's on that scene. Weird eighties aesthetic. So many times, and it's always in the eighties that this exact sort of thing happens. That shit was crazy to me though, because like he kind of alludes to him having a thing with, uh, for her in the beginning of the movie, where he's like, "To your most beautiful daughter, who like is stunning and fucking like super smart or some shit like that," in front of his, uh, in front of like her dad, who is. Robert Sampson, who plays Dean Allen Halsey. Right. So in front of Dean Halsey, he's like, to your daughter, who is like the most luscious and smart, beautiful woman on campus. Yeah, this was kind of fucked. I I almost stopped watching it after that because I was like, what the fuck? Like, for some reason, I guess I just blocked it out of my fucking head when I watched it before because I just was not prepared for that again. And watching it, I was like, oh, man, this this is really bad. Like, I do not approve. Yeah, I mean here's the thing like these guys are all method actors they all get within their their <laughs> oh, their fucking God. character not not met not sorry not method actors but they they get into character super hard because they are practicing day by day by day because that is what they were taught in theater i just want to know so, who wrote it and thought like yo this is a good idea we should do this like just for the dude, shock factor like i don't think i've ever seen a decapitated head lick a nipple dude like it's weird dude i i've okay i've seen okay like through <laughs> this pod through this podcast and through like other fucking horror media i've seen a lot of fucked up shit but i've never seen a, he- a fucking headless dude lick a nipple and that was a first <laughs> it's just fucking it's like major, it's just big creep factor. Yeah, it is. That's really what it. That's really what it was to me. I wasn't like appalled by viewing it. You know what I mean? But I was also just kind of like, this is, this is uh, what this is what cre- like, sexual creepy looks like. And then I was like, but also with a severed head, and it's kind of weird. Although I love the whole idea of the severed head, mind like telepathically controlling all the zombies. Like, yeah, that was that was something. What yeah. a what what a villain though. They had a pretty cool villain. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so his wife oh. was actually like 
this is disgusting. I'm leaving you. She was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He didn't even have a chance to talk to her because she was she already left. Damn. So she was like, I just I don't know who you are. Like, why are you making this? Yeah. shit? Like, I am leaving you and just took all her shit and left. Damn. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's wild. I mean, and that probably put some stress on him. But I mean, with Gordon and Yuzna, they strive to make the quote, the bloodiest and most sexual movie ever to screen. Oh, man. I mean, it might be. Yeah, it's up there. (laughs) It's up there for sure. But for the bloodiest movie, I mean, they used over 24 gallons of fake blood for the entire uh, show. Brain Dead might have them beat. Brain Dead might have them beat, but at the time, 24 is pretty high to beat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else has is was like just an insanely bloody film. Uh, it might be uh, well. There's Brain Dead, and then there was oh god, there was one other one. I'll I'll tell you when I think of the name, but for sure one of the most violent movies. Yeah, that's kind of wild. And they must well, have like had a terrible time on set trying to keep the cameras and shit like from getting blood on it. <laughs> yeah, they had to wear a lot of trash bag suits. Dang. Just and, sweating. Um, oh, one of the uh, effects person, they they even say, you know, my fucking main duty was to go to the meat market every day, and just buy pounds upon pounds of bloody beef and brains of cows, just to abuse yeah. it on set, because they used it in so many different scenes for just blood and guts. Um, Damn. The movie initially was released uh, in theaters as an unrated cut, but it was re- later re-released for home DV- or home VHS, sorry, not DVD, as a rated R. R- <laughs> DVDs did not exist. <laughs> yeah, it's either blue, it's either Nerf or nothing, dog. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> Where the fuck was Nerf invented? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Uh, but the main theme is a direct homage to the psycho theme from Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Oh, that's and, why it sounds so familiar. Right. And the sequence that follows is a direct, direct re- uh, reference to Vertigo by Hitchcock as well. Yo, mm-hmm. first Nerf Blasters emerged in the late 1980s. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're not <laughs> off brand. You're actually on brand by saying that. Jesus Christ. That's fucking hilarious. Sorry. Go what ahead. Was their, what, what was what was Nerf's slogan back then though? Uh I don't know if they had a slogan. Maybe maybe they did. Must have. 80s had a slogan for everything, dog. 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 <laughs> uh it was either it's Nerf or nothing or accept no substitutes. That's Damn. horrible. That's Damn. horrible. <laughs> 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 yeah this is where you know you can get your horror film fucking facts and also you know your nerf facts yeah we gotta now it's official we gotta sell a nerf gun on our website we'll, we'll get that like own. zombie shotgun version you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna get the, the double barreled fucking yeah demon exactly slayer. Oh, yeah <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> so according to the director the security guard, how he always goes on his coffee breaks, he actually goes to masturbate. Wow. But it's like it's like it didn't need to be in the film. 
in all honesty, like, like, okay, him talking to the cameras and saying that in like a director's cut, like, is it really necessary? Like, I didn't need to know that this dude was beating his meat while <laughs> meat was getting beaten behind that door. I really love that. This is what bothered you, Mary. Uh, of all the I things know, right? that happened in the film, you're like, I don't need to know about this guy beating his meat after fucking seeing a rape. <laughs> yeah, like, come yeah, on, yeah. Mer. I mean, okay, here's the thing. I'm a big You're a big boy. Fan. I think you could handle some penis. Oh, <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> all right, John. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I feel betrayed. I feel I feel top ten anime betrayals yeah. right there. <laughs> You're a big boy. You can handle some penis. God fucking damn it! <laughs> I hope you know I'm keeping all of this in here. Quarantine uh... is. Killing us, ladies and gentlemen. Oh man! Look at what it's doing. <laughs> Sorry, what the fuck were you we talking were so about? Here before. Um, just a little bit more on the special effects. The juice that Herbert West used is actually glow stick juice. Over 900 sticks were used, uh, which was a lot, and it was pretty intense. Um, other than that, the biggest, basically the biggest trouble with the movie was trying to get the third act because. Again, uh, David Gale is working with a decapitated head for the third half of the movie and actually like trying to control a decapitated head that's being held as well as a body that's headless. Yeah. Also, sadly, the cat in the fridge is a real cat. Oh, oh animals were oh. harmed in the making of this film. That was already dead. So they what, did. they just... I don't know. They just found a dead cat. They bought a dead cat. Just as just like in the, the return of the living dead, they were buying dead bodies to use for something. <laughs> this is true cult filmmaking. It, even cult filmmaking goes so far as to use dead cats. Yeah. Um, so fun. Last fun fact, uh, David Bowie, who worked with the director of photography, told the director of photography um, in person, Reanimator is my favorite movie. Like, that's what he said. <laughs> what? I do not believe it. I, I mean, I can't believe it either, but he was like, I love Reanimator. I love the work he did. And Reanimator is my favorite movie. Oh, interesting. Um, the movie is pretty fucking great, though. I mean, on, okay, from... I got to say the pacing starts really well and then it kind of loses you at the third half. Uh, yeah, like, it starts getting kind of wild and then you're like, where is this going? I need this to like, have some resolution. Like it starts off really well. You see fucking Herbert West working on Dr. Gruber in, what was it? Sweden? Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, you killed him. And he's like, no. I gave him life and, and then starts the, the intro credit. It's super intense. And then we're introduced to Arkham and we see that, you know, the main, our, one of our main characters can't save someone with resuscitation. So then Herbert West gets to meet <laughs> the fucking director. And it's so funny because he's like, you basically fucking 
plagiarized my professor's work. For, and you are now my teacher. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's funny because he's like, it's a six to 12 minute time period. No. He's just like, no, stop. You're telling people lies. <laughs> that he's like trying to explain him that there's a six to 12 minute time period that there is a will to live with inside the brain. And Herbert West is like, that is complete, utter bullshit, dude. Like, stop talking out your ass. Like, <laughs> he's breaking the pencil in, in class and everything. It's pretty it's pretty fun. And then Herbert West eventually becomes his roommate. Um, and that's where shit kind of goes down. Right. That's when they, he starts showing people that he can bring things back to life and everyone is horrified. Yeah. They start with the cat. I forget. Rufus is his name. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he finds, quote unquote, the dead cat that was already dead. And they find it in his fridge. And he's really upset about them going in his room. <laughs> yeah, for real. I paid for privacy. What is this? <laughs> Just like... It was pretty interesting. And then eventually, I mean, they do finally resurrect a human being. And it's the ripped dude. He's so ripped that he tears down a door and kills the Dean splatty on him, dude. Yep. <laughs> Kills just like a, the father of the girlfriend. It's just reminded me of like a caveman from a boomerang cartoon. Do you just go, oh, you know, yeah, just jumping on that shit, breaking bones? Gary Jacked guy. Yeah. And then I gotta say, they have the best kill on camera it was when Herbert West gets the bone saw and goes straight through the heart. Yeah, that was pretty great. I love it. I, lo- I did love that. I mean, that was probably one of the crazier kills in this movie also. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think runner-up is probably the shovel kill. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Where he just, like, hits him over the head and uses the shovel as a knife to just completely decapitate him. Yeah. But he also creates the villain of the whole movie. Who steals yeah. his work and, you know, wants to resurrect it and make Himself. I mean, Fam- and, then, and, then the, and then like the body cavity like turns into a portal to like to somewhere and sucks Herbert West into it. Like, I mean, I mean, what the fuck? Dude? I, I, see, the third act of this. Okay, it starts really well. You know, the whole movie has this great yeah. pacing and great acting, and like a good story. And you're like, where the fuck is this going? And then Herbert West creates the villain. The villain has a weird, unclear motive. He's obsessed with the woman. He has like a file of like used napkins and hair clippings, yeah. which is like super fucking creepy. He wants to be with her and he wants to like become famous or some shit. And then he resurrects a dead army that like fights against the father who is also a zombie, but has lost his mind. And it's like super weird and intense. And then Herbert West throws his notes and his materials like, save my notes and he gets sucked into that portal dimension and she's like what the fuck yeah they deal with the naked dead guy that's rushing at them and then uh the main female lead gets killed yep yep uh yeah per usual for these films (laughs) until she's not until the dude literally was like you know what i have this fucking serum and then the movie ends with him injecting the serum into his girlfriend 
and the theme starts again and you know shit's just about to get crazy yeah it's how they yeah. end all the films they're similar in that way when they end because it's not the end of that story yeah it's like the it's like the the end or is it sort of, <laughs> right sort yeah of they're they're pretty bold for you know both of these movies having not so happy endings i mean more of return of the living dead i think has a super bleak ending an entire city block is nuked and like at some points when we were talking about this covid19 shit i was like what's stopping america from doing that you know to be like this entire area is quarantined nuke it you know yeah and same with um uh reanimator like it leaves room for more and that's why the bride reanimator and the reanimator returns i believe came out later yeah like much later (laughs) yeah and that's also the second movie bride of reanimator has bruce abbott retaining the role as dan kane and jeffrey combs also retaining it as herbert west which in all honesty um combs basically just carries the franchise at this point Mm -hmm. he's the person on the posters he's the he has all the best lines the best line delivery i he is just the the poster child for the reanimator series always talking at conventions and everything so what what did you guys think about the movie though i mean did you enjoy it what were some ups and downs i mean i like the way that the main actor was in the movie he was he did his role really well and he was able to fit that like now he wasn't a crazy scientist but he was definitely really focused in on what he was doing and pretty much had no social skills which was hilarious to me so like watching it he, he just couldn't interact with some people because they were like yo this is wrong and he's like what no this is science and <laughs> they would get really offended <laughs> by that so he was just playing that character really well uh obviously some scenes in it are problematic so it's just it was kind of tough to watch in that respect but it definitely has its cult status for a reason and it's a well-made movie like for the budget that they were on putting it all together i do wish that the story was a little more clean towards the end like one instead of just kind of going off because you're right it did start really well and it was well paced and you were kind of getting things in a good uh um in an interesting way as opposed to like kind of losing its focus in the middle of the film and then just going off and deciding to do like shock factor stuff right right. but it's like yeah you gotta watch it at least once yeah um I, I mean i really like reanimator i knew it was coming to me so i already I sprung I sprung on it um so <laughs> i really enjoyed reanimator um i liked i liked the uh it's sort of like adaptation of hp lovecraft story and i actually liked the source material i like the source material more than this because right i don't remember any of the, the weird the weird scenes which didn't bother me as much i just figured this is just the 80s being the 80s um and i've seen a lot of movies similarly that treated the way but i think you've got treated similarly but i think that you've got a um a interesting dichotomy of these two films in which nudity is used for different reasons yeah um whereas you have one where it's sort of like a sexualization sort of idea with the character that doesn't really do much and both of them are basically like you know they don't really do too much in both of the movies both of the female roles but I would say that you have more of like the, I guess you've got like the, I, I would say there's like sexual freedom expression in 
uh, Return of the Living Dead more so in like the whole dance and whatnot, more so than there is in like the super creepy, like rapey thing that goes on in the Reanimator. If we're discussing those parts, yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like you could you could argue one is a bit more progressive, quote unquote, than the other. But did that really also matter? At the terms, this was just like, oh, creepiness captures the, you know, he's into the, like, the young girl, old man into young girl sort of creepiness, so it's playing with that sort of horror, I guess. Um, but, I don't know, I, I relatively enjoyed them, though, for the stories that they that they both told. I enjoyed this one a lot for the story that it told, more so what sure. I mean. Uh, Lewis, did you have any thoughts on either of the films? Uh, I'd say a reanimator was a bit. I enjoyed it a bit more than the other one. I mean, the other one, Return of the Living Dead. I enjoyed it more for its comedy, but like re reanimator definitely like tried to focus more on its creepiness, especially with the with the main character's lack of social skills and really trying to be in his fucking insane idea. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I'd say I thought Return of the Living Dead was a really good blend of comedy and horror. I Every time I watch it, it's just a blast. It's one of those movies I turn my brain off for. Um, I agree with Mitch where the nudity dance nudity dance was actually like a little bit of a progressive thing the girl's just feeling herself you know she's just yeah, feeling she's herself and she, she just went on like a whole edgy bullshit thing about about how she wants to be killed in like some sort of way and she has like this whole erotic focus over it and then she goes to a <laughs> fucking graveyard and then she gets naked in the grave that's just that's just in character if you ask me yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think I think she was just like in in character, like just feeling herself, and the the act actress had no problem with it. Um, and, I mean, yeah. people like naked women. I'm just gonna say that, man. The people yeah. like naked women. It's just the way that it is. So if you can have a naked girl in a movie, it's gonna you're you're gonna get viewership from it. It's just <laughs> it's just the world we live in. We are simple creatures. Yeah. Humans. Um, I agree with that. Um, Reanimator, I like a little bit differently. It's one of those movies where I I like the idea of a student who's going rogue, you know, having a lab in his own thing. Uh, fucking a, a giant lack of social skills and social cues, but he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he is just, you know, doing his. He's in his own lane, doing what he thinks is right. And I love how people are like, yo, you killed this person. This person's dead. And he's like, I must experiment on them. They are fresh. We don't have much time. Like, <laughs> we have to do this now. Like, he's like overlooking the fact that they're humans and just being like, my work comes first. Oh, yeah, totally. And uh, I like that about the movie. I like that he kills uh, the professor because he's literally trying to just plagiarize him just like he did his old professor. Like, you fucking plagiarist. How could you? I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> and proceeds to do so. And I think Herbert West, with his eyes and how he portrays the character Combs does, it's it's the highlight of the movie for me. 
the ending is very lackluster in the fact that it just loses focus. Yeah. Um, but I could probably say if I were to see the other two movies, maybe it would clear it up a little bit more, but I don't, I haven't seen them. So, um, so we have our friend Lewis here who also worked at a crematory for a short period of time, right? Yeah, about like four years. Oh, not a short period, a good amount of time. <laughs> how how did you end up working there? Uh, well, my family owns it. Oh shit. So <laughs> Oh my god, that's so weird. Uh ever since I was little, uh my dad worked at um the what's it called? I don't know if you, you guys know the Greenwood Mortuary in uh where is it exactly? It's on Imperial. I have no idea. But he was working there while you were super small. Yeah. He was just like a maintenance guy. But, I, you know, I would be there all the time. And that was kind of weird. And Were, were you surrounded by dead bodies? Uh, not, not, like, actually exposed to them. Like, I, he wasn't, like, an embalmer or anything. I wouldn't be, like, anywhere near them. Like, yeah. that But, uh, you know, since he had connections in that industry, uh, he moved up to L.A. and started his own crematory uh, where they work with mortuaries who actually, like, take in the bodies. And they started off as a crematory and a uh, removal service, meaning like they would drive around. It's what you think of when you think of like a hearse, except, you know, they would just drive around vans and that's how <laughs> they all get transported. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so pick up dead people for the mortuaries and, and then burn them. So, so were you a part of the burning crew or the driving crew? Uh, both. Oh, uh, I did. I did everything. Um. So when you were dealing with the dead bodies, did it ever like, like at first, was it creeping you out, or was it just like something you just like were like, okay, I'm gonna do this. Let's get. Let's do it. You know. But I did have certain. Uh feelings about it at first that they weren't really like that i i wasn't too creeped out uh felt a bit more uh i guess just a bit more like existential like kind of when i would like go home and think about it <laughs> right like fuck death man yeah <laughs> my life could end mortality man what is it even right um did you listen to music while you were prepping bodies for the crematory process? Oh, tons, all the time. What kind of music did you yourself personally listen to? Uh, Merciful Fate a lot. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I thought it just fit. <laughs> That's fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> We've got an edgy boy over here. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking tight, though. Um. In the movie Return of the Living Dead, Ernie goes over the process of rigor mortis, so you didn't have to actually have to deal with any of that, did you? Uh, 
No. Since normally, since they've uh, been dead for like, you know, over 24 hours. I mean, sometimes when we would pick people up in their homes, uh, like they would still be a little stiff, but like you know, it, it starts to wear off. Uh, like when we pick them up at hospitals, I mean, they they've already been dead for like at least a day. Right. Do you, so do you know what rigor mortis is? Yeah. Can you go right. over that uh, process with the people who are listening? So, uh, I don't know the technicalities of it, but, you know, rigor mortis is basically, like, as soon as you die, uh, your muscles start to stiffen up. Because, you know, you can't, <laughs> all of the, I know all of the fluids in your body just kind of sink. Uh, I don't know exactly why you get stuck like your limbs and everything uh but it starts to kind of like wear off like within a few hours to like a day for sure okay um deal with it really yeah you you didn't really have to deal with it too much because you're kind of having a day in between yeah from the time of death you know right um they also in the movie re, uh, refer to the heart as being the hardest muscle to burn. Is that true? That that is true. Oh my god! What? Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> what? Uh, I thought that was just a throwaway line. <laughs> no, it's true. There's some factual shit, shit in these movies. So, <laughs> points just for that. Well, I, have you ever you've cooked a steak, haven't you? Oh yeah, shit! Hey, you have to cook it all the way through. Yeah, I got you. Oh <laughs> dang! The the fat just kind of melts, and like uh, whenever we burn, if we burn like a real uh, like a fat person or someone that just has mostly fat, yeah, they burn really fast. Oh shit! Because that's all that's all just fuel. Yeah. You know? Jesus. Uh, all all the, the things that take the longest are like are the muscles. That's wild. Wait, so is yeah. the smell as bad as I think it is? No, smells exactly like you throw a steak on a barbecue. Oh my oh god! My god. god. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Shit! Oh, I was not expecting that. Okay. Oh my god! Oh, uh, then what the fuck am I smelling every time I go by some of these places? Are they just like adding shit into it, or like because it smells awful sometimes? Oh yeah, the the dead bodies themselves smell terrible. <laughs> That's so weird. Okay. That's funny as hell. I didn't know that. Uh uh Lewis. Have you ever handled any interesting or notable corpses? Uh st- we got Stan Lee once. Whoa. Get him multiple times. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you got Stan Lee one time. <laughs> 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 so, so, so you saw Stan Lee's naked body and put him into a furnace. Yep. You Holy looked shit. at it. You looked at Stan Lee's <laughs> naked it. old body and threw him into a furnace. Yo. Yes. Yo. All... <laughs> Yo. <laughs> we also got some, uh, 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 I don't know her name. There was some, there was some, like, I remember it was a big deal on TV for a little while. It was some 
a female wrestler or something. Uh, and I don't know if any wrestlers that died recently. Shit. Right. Yeah, it was a, f- a few years ago. Like, I think she overdosed on something. Or, uh, I don't know. Oh, damn. Oh, and we also got uh, Elliot Roger. I I don't know who that is. Who is that again? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forget exactly what he did. He has some. He's some kind of like mass shooter guy. He he was posting a bunch of uh, videos on the internet of how women don't like him or something dumb. <laughs> oh, you you wait. Oh, this is it's. Oh my god, it's that guy! Okay, okay, yeah, Elliot Roger dude who is like the incel from hell. Right, yeah. Dude, that was fucked up. So, this leads me to my next question. Did you punch the corpse? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the misogynist killer. Were you ever mean to a body? (laughs) Were you ever like, fuck you, you stupid fucking body, and then like, or he like... Yeah, like a, like an old relative come rolling through or anything oh, like that. Oh God. Uh, what? What do you mean? You ever see like a relative of a friend or one of your relatives come rolling through? Oh, uh, like I have to burn your own. Oh God. Oh God. No. Okay, so here's the thing: with everyone having jobs, people have bad days. What were the bad days like at this job? Uh. Probably the remove, like some of the removals, like because we were on a tight time schedule, like we had to pick up a lot of bodies, and we'd just get like either something dumb would happen, we'd get like stuck in traffic, or maybe like a hot, like a big hospital is like just hard to deal with, like they don't let you in the where you need to go. <laughs> right, right. You have to deal with the the front desk and all that. Yeah. And uh, I was wondering. Um, with that being said about the bad days what were some of the highlights or the good days that you would have i guess it's a very interesting job so i mean i want to know what days like yeah you know what today wasn't bad mom today was fine (laughs) well it was a really easy job like you just sit around (laughs) right It, it was only it could be kind of stressful, like, during the day, uh, just dealing with, like, families, because you have to be extra, you know, they're <laughs> dealing with, like, a death of a loved one or something. So, except some people were kind of crazy, like, I remember this, these two real old ladies came in, and I think it was, like, one of their husbands or, or their brother that died, uh, and they wanted to come and yank out his gold teeth. Holy and they shit. own flyers and we're over there like yank, trying to yank them out I'm like, oh my god wait so so th- are they allowed to do that uh yeah like because they they are like uh i don't know what the word is but they they basically are responsible for the body so like can they just can they just rip teeth out i didn't know that <laughs> Yeah. The, I mean, uh, like, yo, wait. So, <laughs> do they say why though? Like, was it just for the gold, or were they like, we need some keepsakes? Like, uh, 
they didn't say why and we we didn't ask we 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 had the feeling it was just it was just for the gold right yo that's wild just how old were they really old like at, oh at, geez <laughs> obviously old looking that's so funny oh my yeah, god horrible. wait so how on average how long does it take to burn a body about two hours and that's like how uh, hot uh each burner there's two burners and each burner is like about 2600 degrees shit so the the crematory oven that they used in return of the living dead yeah. made me mad <laughs> <laughs> it made me mad it, it looks like it wouldn't work no <laughs> <laughs> what you... hard dead body <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like it's funny because he's like he's removing the like ashes or whatever trying to make them go through i mean did you have to deal with that kind of stuff too was that a thing or it's like uh, all on the top or whatever well, trying to sift it through like the little grate what we do is um like there's a little hole uh closer to the entrance of the oven right and we just use like this paddle to scrape it all down there and it falls into like a little pan and then we can take the pan and pour it into a, yeah we, well we pour it into a blender because oh. the, the bones are still in like big chunks oh yo what <laughs> so yeah. so it doesn't get absolutely everything it just like there's bits and pieces of the bone that you got to like grind up yeah I didn't know this. See, I didn't know this shit about like how the whole process goes. Two hours though, that's a long fucking time, I feel like. Yeah. That's a pretty How many like... burners would you guys have? Just one? Uh we we had two ovens. That's wild. Wow. That means at most you're burning like eight bodies in an eight hour shift. Yeah, so, that's if you just did it back to back. That's a slow ass day. My <laughs> yeah. mom said like you're not doing much. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like it anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I feel shift. like I would just stop and like end up looking inside if I could. Yeah, you you can. Uh, dirt halfway through, we have to reposition the body. Oh shit. Oh okay. Oh god. Yeah. So we o we open the door a little, and I take the paddle thing that we use to scrape the. Oh the my paddle. god. How did it? How did it? How did it feel <laughs> when you put poor Stan Lee into the oven? And then you uh, had to open it and then be like, all right, let's cook the other side now. <laughs> let's cook the other side. I'm so morbid. Uh, I got the Lord of Comic Books in my That's oven right now. Yeah, you've got the, all of in the oven. You cook hey, hey, hey. or something, but no, we lit them on fire. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to the legend, though. Holy yeah, shit, dude. Legend. That's wild. I didn't know that. Fucking shit. Um. I guess I I really don't have too many more questions, but I was wondering what was the grossest thing you had to deal with? I mean, uh, did you have to deal with like, uh, like when you picked up bodies, did you have to deal with, you know, the defecation? That was that a, is that, that's a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it, it was, it's mostly, I mean, people don't like shit themselves when they die or something, but, Depending on how long a body is just sitting there, I mean, fluids are gonna leak out. Oh, dang! Some some people, um, get like sometimes 
sometimes people will, uh, um, you know, they won't be found dead for weeks <laughs> until <laughs> until you know, like oh, the neighbors God. in your apartment complex start smelling the body. <laughs> right. So oh, I man. So did you have to wear, it. like, mask, gloves, like, all that, like, whole getup? No. <laughs> you're, a fucking, you're a fucking savage, Lewis. Yo, how, so how did you deal with the smell? Were you just, like, used to it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you just kind of have to get over it. <laughs> That's crazy. I would have been, like, I demand a mask, like, something. <laughs> Yeah, at least a, a fucking respirator. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit, dude. What? Okay, damn. That's, that's hardcore. <laughs> um, how did you feel about the the cremating scene in Return of the Living Dead, where a guy cremates himself? Right. How, I mean, you working personally in a crematory, you know how hot that shit is. How did you feel watching? I don't think that? it's possible. Man. You felt. You felt what? <laughs> That'd be terrible. <laughs> yeah. I used to imagine sometimes like. What would it be like to like just even when the oven is off, like imagine just crawling in there and just everything being hot. Imagine you just taking a breath inside yeah. and like the air that you're breathing is over 500 degrees. Yeah, that's it's like in the thousands. Like <laughs> I feel like you would just get scorched and then you wouldn't feel anything anymore. <laughs> like it just burn your nerve endings at some point. Right. That's yeah, probably. Cool. Yeah, well, I mean, because that's what happens with burn victims. Like, it's almost better to get certain kinds of burns because you just don't feel it. Oh, dang. Because <laughs> it burns through, like, the nerve endings on your skin, but it's, like, not repairable. Like, you'll just lose feeling to that area. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Like, there's some crazy stuff on that. I figured the oven in the movie wouldn't really work all that well, but it was definitely just for the aesthetics. Right. <laughs> Which it worked well for the fire and all that right it had like the big ass like flames that were kind of just <laughs> being pushed into the little area there so it was it was interesting <laughs> and then we i think we we shot a movie once in the in the crematory also what? where they like if i forget what it was called yo we need to find out what that is <laughs> yeah I, I, I could ask my brother and he'll hell yeah <laughs> We will update everyone when we find out. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that's that's like a cool thing to just kind of be like, hey, you know, there was a movie shot here too. <laughs> right. <laughs> would, you, would you ever do that line of work again? Yeah. Easy Definitely. enough. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very easy job. Especially if you get the night shift, you just, you know, stick, stick some people in the oven and go and do whatever you want for, nice. <laughs> for at just least make sure, yeah just remember to flip over your burger i guess right? <laughs> yeah fucking watches night of the living dead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now did you uh one of my last okay uh i guess i have two more what was the compensation like what were you getting what were you making if you're cool with answering that uh well it was a family business so it was just kind of like they they would pay me like how I, so th this is not reflective of the industry or what you would get paid as a actual like crematory operator. Uh, uh, I would just be given like a hundred bucks a night. 
cool. I mean, shit. I uh, did. Did you <laughs> did you know how much the other people would be making within your field if you weren't in the family business? Uh, I I don't know for sure. Hundred hundred bucks a night. I mean, you probably worked a lot of night shifts. I'm guessing. Yeah, like I, I think most of the time we we had enough people working that we can take like a weekend off every week nice um i guess my last question for me anyways is uh our entire episode had to deal with resurrection and just like zombies so did you ever have to deal with the body that came back they actually like oh they were pronounced dead but now they're conscious and awake uh no (laughs) right because like i mean you you hear some stories about that where it's like okay this person is legally dead that would probably happen more with the coroner okay okay because so they're like they're most likely to get that body the quickest they won't go to like a morgue or a crematory that quickly right right but that's okay that'd be funny as hell though (laughs) Yeah. Like you, you've been fake dead this whole time. You fucking madman. Yeah. <laughs> Wakes up, just jumps out of the oven. What the fuck? Kinder. Just sees Lewis there chilling, listening to Merciful Fate. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well. So, yeah, that was that was basically all my questions. Yeah. But what the the bodies do sometimes is they'll like twitch. <laughs> Yeah, like since gases are coming out, like they'll it'll sound like they're groaning. Oh my uh, god! Every once in a while, or like I remember, like uh, one or two times, uh, either their arm, like an arm, will just like fly up. Oh. Or... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's terrifying. I've just been listening in amazement, and then I'm like, shit. So your life's a little horror movie at work, just. Ring! And you're like, oh god damn it, dead guy. Oh. Does it stay stuck or does it like go back down? Uh, it goes back down. That's wild. Did did did, did Stanley twitch? <laughs> oh <thank God>. no! <laughs> How twitchy was Mr. Lee? <laughs> oh my god. I I know you would just remember this. <laughs> None that I know of. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. So you saw no twitching from that man. He slept. Oh man. <laughs> well, we have gotten to just about the end of the podcast episode. We... Yeah, the end of the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had to think about it. Ending on that for a second. Yeah. It's time to go. Uh, Bye, guys. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> God damn it, Mitch. Now I have to cut this whole shit out. <laughs> Why? Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> did you guys have any final thoughts before I let everybody go? My ratings on these two movies. Yeah, what would you guys rate it? I give them both sevens. <laughs> I give them both sixes. I give them both nine. Oh, no, wait. Let's give Reanimator an eight. Let's give Return of the Living Dead a nine. Oh, dang. I really right. like those movies. Uh, scale <laughs> one to ten, ten being the best. How do you feel about these two movies? Sixes. Maybe maybe I'd consider giving Reanimator a seven. 
they they were they were all right they're okay uh, yeah i'm gonna keep them the same number just because they both have two different feelings it's well whatever your your mood <laughs> yeah i really do i like return of the living dead more as a comedy with some great horror elements and uh basically the precursor to a lot of zombie tropes <laughs> and then yeah. i like reanimator because fucking herbert west steals the show yep exactly <laughs> all right well then before i let everybody go i just want to remind everyone we're super easy to find in all the streaming services we're available on all of the main ones so apple Podcasts, spotify uh, google Podcasts, or pretty much anywhere that you stream podcasts you can find us um all the episodes will be up in the next few weeks on youtube as well if you only ever go on youtube and then you can visit us at our website, which is bdtghpodcast.com. You can listen to the episodes there, or you can go to any one of the social media sites to leave some comments and see the content that we're posting there. So we have our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter, all at bdtgh underscore podcast. And if you could, please a, please leave a review at the Apple Podcasts. Gives us a better rating, and we're more easily seen on the website. But I want to say thanks to Lewis for talking to us about his work at the crematory and thank you guys for coming together on fucking Skype to talk about the, these two movies remotely. Cause we're still doing our quarantine episodes. Um, but I hope everyone has oh, a good yeah. night. I'm Mitch. I'm Mur. I'm Jonathan. Thank you so much. I'm Lewis. <laughs> I'm Lewis. <laughs> thank you. Hey, you could add that in there, John. Oh, I'm going to leave that. Hey. Cool.